we're going to do everyone's horoscope for October. Hey everyone, welcome to Test Salads and Scrambled Eggs, a Fraser podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Diana. And today we're talking about episode 1006, Star Mitzvah. There's a blimp at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's your bar mitzvah blimp. Right, yep. Traditional bar mitzvah blimp. 21 minutes and 28 seconds! Is that shorter than last week's? It's No, no it's, it's longer, longer. But still short. It's still short. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this one was written by Sam Johnson, who has not written an episode alone, but uh, usually works with Chris Marshall and wrote, you know, Radio Wars and and uh, <laughs> Juvenilia and The Love You Fake. So some that we like and some that we're like, mm, no, you know, uh, kind of up and down with. Anyway, place your bets on what we're going to give this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, do start it now. Uh, t- uh, clock is ticking. So here we are in Boston with mm-hmm. Lilith. She's very emotional. So emotional. <laughs> right. It's hilarious how she's so guarded with her emotions. <laughs> I mean, I don't actually think is she. The point is that she she's guarded, or just that she's sort of like emotionless. I think the idea is that she's emotionless. Yeah. Like it's not that she's hiding the emotions; it's mm-hmm. that they. Like, she she'll just show them they don't happen exist. very often. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we had like Lilith and Frederick are, you know, it's going to be his star mitzvah soon. <laughs> right. Um, And uh, she's getting all emotional over all the like little Freddy baby things. Mm-hmm. I do wonder, like, do you feel like Lilith, Lilith would actually have this box of like keepsakes from Freddy's birth? Or would she, I feel like she's the sort of person who long ago would have decided like, these have served their purpose. Yeah, I was I actually will... thinking the same thing. Yeah. Though, I mean, she does get emotional about them, so maybe, like, this is one of the few th- emotional in her way. I mean, way. she doesn't seem to have a lot. It's, like, contained. Yeah. You know, she's she's a minimalist. <laughs> right. It just, like, I, I feel like there would have been a moment where she goes, like, this, she wouldn't have been, like, this is the cloth that you was wrapped around your head. She'd be, like, this cloth is no longer large enough for your head, so I will throw it away. Yeah, yeah, but I think like Freddie is the one thing that she she's very emotional and cares a lot about him because of sure, how yeah. like trying to get him in the school and mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. You know, like that's like the one thing where she allows herself to show emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, that's fair. Yeah. Um, Frederick doesn't know anything about inviting people to a party because he's just like, let's invite everyone for presents. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. no, he does know how it works. Yeah, that's the thing. He kn- What he knows is that more people equals more presents. So invite more people. The thing is, like, I do think it's kind of funny in a or odd in a sense where, like, we see, like, Freddy's rich. Like, he doesn't really have an issue with getting presents, I don't think. So... He just wants them all. He's like Veruca Salt. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, oh, and the other thing I thought was odd here is I realized, like, wasn't Freddy already described as a teen in the episode where he was trying to get the dirt bike? He was a tween. I was pretty sure they People called... like to call 12-year-olds tweens. Yeah, no, I was pretty sure they said teen. They, they, he was a teen. He was almost a teen. You know they bump up your age. Yeah, or they sort just of got like it wrong. when you are almost forty, you're just like I'm forty now, but you're really thirty seven. Yeah, I don't think that's what's happening here. You might as well just be fifty, and I'm like I'm only thirteen. <laughs> and but- I don't understand you're making that jump. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. It might be the old person, old person mask that that person's oh. wearing. They're wearing like a Nixon mask. <laughs> Wait, is that one of the things that Daphne has? Was it? It's a yeah. Nixon. It's Nixon and Frankenstein. Yeah. Yes. The same. The same well, we person. We don't know for sure it was Daphne that had it. That's true. I would guess it's Daphne that has I it. I just made a really weird joke, and you just like. Oh, I missed. You didn't hear it. What did you say? I said Nixon. You said Nixon and Frankenstein, and I said the same person. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear you say that. Yeah, yeah I could tell because it's a hilarious joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, we can cut all that out. No. Explain it. Oh. 
So, but yeah, the reason we find out about him inviting all the people to the thing is because he wants to invite his, uh, like, he wants to invi- invite that one nerd, Jeremy Baramy. It's true. But he's trying to argue that, like, he's not that bad, because, and, like, it's worth bringing him. So but also, can... he does come to the thing. Yeah, he does end up going. Because I think what we're about to see is that regardless of Lilith saying, like, it isn't about the presence, though, so mm-hmm. you shouldn't be inviting a ton of people. He kind of already has. Yeah, because already... then we're in the studio where Kenny has been invited. Yep. And, like, Roz. Mm-hmm. And everyone. Yeah. Ne- uh, Noel. I don't know why I said Neil. Uh, Noel's been invited. Roz's been invited. Kenny's been invited. Sounds like Kenny's actually planning to go if he could, like, get Frasier to bring him. Mm-hmm. Um. Which, is Kenny's life just falling apart in the background? Yes. Like, yes. that's what it feels like. Yes. It's, yeah. Like, legit, just, like, some stuff is going on in the background of Kenny's life, and it, it things have fallen apart for him. That is what is happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Noel shows up. Who knows? I just put, ugh, gross. <laughs> I don't know what gross thing he even did because I didn't write about it. But Oh, I- yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Noel is really gross here oh never mind i remember what it was yeah it's the thing that Roz says to him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which yeah. he well like he's already being gross and mm-hmm. then what she says implies something even grosser is going on it's like he should be fired 100 percent, he should be fired okay i i know we like take the wind out of the sails the sails out of the wind i don't know how the saying goes the wind out of the sails yeah of the show sometimes, but I think this is the thing about like th- certain kinds of humor mm-hmm. where like sexual harassment that sure is funny, yeah, instead of being like Noel could do something and it not like there's lots of way to do like a humor thing with n- like Noel being really nerdy and like also hitting on Roz mm-hmm. and like she's just like no thank you like there's a way yeah. to do this I think where if she was oblivious of his advances yeah I think that would be better yeah but the the fact that she has straight up said no no never stop this is bad don't do this thing repeatedly mm-hmm. and he doesn't stop that's where it's like yeah i think the problem is that like when you put stuff in this as like a casual comedy thing it in real life when it's happening people think people would think you're being uptight for getting upset about a thing that like which is uptight is not really a thing well sure right but what i mean is like having if if you have the perfectly valid reaction that you should be having to the Mm -hmm. sort of behavior Noel is doing Mm -hmm. but people have been seeing it as on TV as this sort of like harmless thing then it's harder to get people to take seriously well like the things with Bulldog right he understands that she's saying no yeah but he almost likes it yeah and it's like a different kind of thing I'm not saying that's okay either right but what's his character is just sort of like this cad, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know the direct definition of that word. Mm-hmm. But it, we sort of understand him to be terrible. Yeah. As opposed to Noel, who maybe we're supposed to feel bad about? Maybe, yeah. And But also, like, he seems... Yeah, he, he's played out, yeah, to be, I guess, like, socially inept in a way that you might feel bad for. Whereas, like, Bulldog, I think... I think with Bulldog, it's his way of doing the same thing with Roz that he's doing with Frasier when he tries to, like, get him to high-five after he gets him in a in a prank, as, where it's supposed to be like, no, I know you don't really want to, but, like, that's our that's our whole thing. We got a little back and forth, a little fun thing. And it's like, I'm not trying to push you into a thing you don't actually want. I'm just trying to, like, a little friendly rhythm. Yeah. And, like, again, not saying it's okay, but... That, I don't, like, yeah, I don't think Bulldog definitely pushes limits all the time. Yeah, he that crosses are, lines. Yeah, that okay. are not saying that's okay either. Right. But it's, it's like, the comedy there is different than yeah. with Noel, where with Noel, it's just, like, I don't know. I think I would see him walking down the sidewalk, and I would be like, I have to cross the street now because I'm immediately busy. Right, like if you knew Noel and knew this behavior, yes. yeah, yeah, like yeah. if I knew, because I'd be so awkward. Yeah, yeah, and we all have that person that's an acquaintance where we're just like, no, 
Yeah. Or like that person at work and you don't, you just like, oh no, oh no, they came to the break room. I'm in here. I gotta leave. I gotta go. I gotta, I've, I've started smoking <laughs> right now, uh-huh. right this second. I don't, I don't know. I've been keeping those cigarettes in my desk mm-hmm. for this moment. Those candy cigarettes. Mm-hmm. That you have to fake smoke outside now. Yeah, you just get this like acrid smoke in your eyes as you're standing outside, just burning this sugary thing. That's like, it. That, yeah. I like that you're still like actually smoking the candy cigarette. Well, I assumed that's what you would have to be doing to really pull this off. But. Sure. Oh, okay. So there's actually an editor's note in the transcript. Okay. By the way, again, I just want to give proper credit. Thank you to KACL780.net because uh, they provide the transcripts that I use while we're doing these notes uh, instead of like writing the mm-hmm. notes out for these. There's actually an editor's note in this that says, when Roz brings up Freddy being 13 already, it says, this is now Frederick's correct age. Freddy was born in November 1989, but in Good Samaritan, he had suddenly aged a couple of years. In Cranes Unplugged, Freddy is said to be 13. Uh, now it seems the writers have realized their mistake and returned Freddy to the right age. Oh. Because this episode's coming out in, like, September, uh, it came out in, like, November of 2002. So it's 13 years after he was supposed to have been born in 1989. And, yeah, but, but they're, they said in Cranes Unplugged, that's the one where they mention he- Weird. Oh, yeah, that's the one in the, where they go to the camp. Mm-hmm. That's when they say how old he is. Oh. This is really... Okay. Well, great job, writers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what well, to say. Well, so that means that they screwed up in Cranes Unplugged. Like, saying he's 13, if we have mm-hmm. an established date of his birth as November mm-hmm. 1989, then they were obviously wrong when Cranes Unplugged came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. So... But... Yeah. You have a whole team of writers, don't... Like, can't you research I think that's us? the problem, is like... When you have a team of writers, you would also need to you would need to go back through every the scripts of all the episodes and have it all tracked out, which is absolutely what people will do today for a lot of TV. But like, and if you're writing a drama, you would do this. But I think the idea is that like with a, a lot I, of I mean, sitcoms, I'm saying on like some shows, it's maybe fine. Like we never really know when like Fraser's birthday is. Because we right. think it's in maybe a different, a couple different months. Well, Martin's has jumped around. Frazier's was is finally stated to be in May. Oh, okay. But before that, we didn't know when it was until after Martin's birthday had moved from the May episodes to a different time. Then later, Frazier said it was his birthday was in May. But yeah, like I don't know. I just like I. I'm just a viewer. I don't know what I'm doing. Like it's like when you're wa- like making commentary on a sport. I don't do the sport. Right. I'm just yelling at the other people to do the sport better. <laughs> or I'm yelling at the referees to not be there and mm-hmm. to make their calls that I don't like. I'm like, obviously you can't do that. Right. You're that- supposed to make the calls I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I would be a better referee. That's what every sports fan thinks. <laughs> right. They're like, I know how to make the calls. This person can't see can't see nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's that? What's that thing? M- uh, Mr. Magoo. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Um, Relevant reference. Totally. So the one important thing about Noel showing up here. Is he knows Hebrew. He knows Hebrew. And, and- Frazier is going to make a speech mm-hmm. at, at the Star Mitzvah. Going to keep calling it that. Um, uh, and you know, for Freddie's like speech mm-hmm. for our Freddie's speech, a uh, speech for Freddie, right? He wants to do it in Hebrew, right? And which I think is really sweet, but also yeah. like, you really had to practice this. Yeah. Why didn't you already have this done? Yeah, I feel like this is way too late in the process to get a speech that you've written in English translated and then learn it well enough. To, like, you're going to get it right. Okay, I want to know, did you guess what was going to happen in this episode? No. Oh, I already knew what was going to happen, so I, like, I mean, I know what's going to happen usually, but it all depends on if the episode sticks out in my mind or not. Well, which part are you talking about? Like, oh, wh- the way it ends? The way what he, when he does cling on for the speech. Oh, Okay. Uh, no, I actually didn't guess that. I, I guessed, I, so what I guessed was that, I guessed that what he had done was actually what Roz suggests 
which we'll we'll we're not okay, anywhere well, near there. But, but like, the, just talk about it. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm just saying, like, uh, where that he wrote something like more offen- taught him something offensive in Hebrew as opposed to teaching him the same speech but in Klingon. Oh, okay. So, so the thing is, the reason I was asking which part when you asked, like, do I did I guess what was yeah. going to happen? The reason I asked which part was I thought Noel when Noel asks for something in return for teaching him this. Speech. I expected something very different than oh, Dolingo like a start- date with Roz or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Especially because he's specifically because the phrase he uses is like he asks for a quid pro quo, and as somebody who's you know worked in corporate offices for a very long time and and gets the corp the corporate required sexual harassment training that everyone has to go through once a year uh, to prove that you've done it. You know, you learn a lot about quid pro quo sexual harassment. And so when he's asked for that, because it's Noel, my immediate thing was, oh, he wants something. I mean, we already had that with Kirby. Well, yeah, right. That's the other thing. Like, this is already a thing the writers did. So I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And then it was like, go get an autograph. I actually think that Fraser's pretty nice to him here. He's Mm -hmm. like don't you have any of your friends that can do this? And you think he's like being really judgmental. And Mm -hmm. then he realizes, you know what? That's fine. I'll go. Mm -hmm. And I think like, he's very nice about it, Mm -hmm. about saying he'll do this. Um, And that's really it. Mm -hmm. Though I, I do think it's really weird when Fraser's like, Oh, how'd you know that I would say yes? Why are you carrying the Scott Bakula like photo with you? Uh huh. Duh. Excuse me. Um, I had like one of those hard protective sleeves, uh-huh. and I made like a like tiny ones for like trading cards. I made little things that would fit inside it of my like crushes <laughs> of like my my celebrity crushes, mm-hmm. and I'd put them in there and carry it around in my purse with me. Mm-hmm. As a teen, I was cool. <laughs> I mean, I will say like if. If somebody asks you to go to a place in a few days, not even like right now, but like later this week, to get a 8x10 of Scott Bakula signed, and he just happens to already have it with him in this holding case, I would probably assume he had it for the purpose of this thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it would be a little surprising for somebody to have it without knowing that this was going to come up. I want to... He seems like the kind of person that would just have that. I also think it's interesting because at this point, Scott Bakula had... Like, so Star Trek... He was in Star Trek Enterprise. Enterprise had just come out. Like, it was this... It was this... I think they were in the second season when this episode came out. So, like... He was on Enterprise? He was... Yeah, he's, uh, he's the captain in Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, is that the one after TNG? No, it's a prequel that came out in 2001. Oh. And so he plays, I think he plays the first captain of the Enterprise. Oh. Like before the original series. All righty, I don't, okay. <laughs> I just I... thought that was, uh, I think thought that was an interesting one to pick. Like out of, you don't. Because I feel like you you hear a lot about from the the writers have referenced uh, you know Spock and Kirk and such and I thought it was interesting that they the one they went to was Bacula. well yeah this is the new one so this is the autograph he doesn't have yeah like and I I just thought that was cool That's okay so now we're in Fraser's apartment the, Martin's found his old oh man Sh- what is it Schmierblad I think so Schmier yeah hold on let me make sure I got it Sheerblad. Sheerblad 7XK. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like Schmierblad. <laughs> I also like Schmierblad. That's like something you do on a bagel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You probably toast a bagel with this flash. Yep. <laughs> like- <laughs> but, okay, so we're just going to talk about it now, but I love, like, at the end of the episode where they sort mm-hmm. of did these, like, fake photographs. I think they're fake. I don't think they're fake. Really? These look... Because the thing is... I mean, I think the photos are staged that they took for this. If you look at everyone's pictures, they're all, like, acting... I don't know. I'm not sure if it's real or not. So, 
I'm not entirely sure. It's possible they had them just recreate what they did, but like. Yeah, no, they totally did. But the, if you look at the, it's like obviously people acting like freaked out from a flash, and yeah. But what I'm saying is like the pictures that they show line up with not only the pictures yeah, that no, are taken they, throughout it, but yeah. even the faces that they make. Yeah, yeah. Because no, like, I agree with that. Lilith, when Lilith, yeah, gets the she does taken, that eye she thing, does that one specific yeah. eye movement thing, and yeah, she he, she's like, that's what's happening in the picture you see later. So. Whatever they did, like, they they did a yeah. good job recreating it. Yeah, I agree. But I love that we hear about how the Flash, like, washed out Lilith, so she was just, like, eyes and a bun. <laughs> right. I was like, and I, because, I mean, she's very pale. Yes. Yeah. And then also, the what happened on Niles's like, junior prom, the night of Niles' junior prom, where uh, he was going on that date uh, with Margaret Coover, and the Flash, like, took off the like gold plating on her necklace and like stuck it to her body basically oh, like yeah like, like it melted it <laughs> yeah it melted the gold plating right have off we of it. seen daphne like jealous like this before we have i believe we so she got pretty jealous of the one there was the oh that person patient, patient. yeah um but like not like this not in this like a person that exists in the... Like, she clearly starts getting jealous just hearing that Niles went to junior prom with somebody. I think, like, I understand her being weirded out that Niles slept with Lilith. Yeah, and that she doesn't know it yet. Then again, like, that's not the sort of thing he would have talked to her about at the time that that was happening. So it's almost like he's not hiding it. It's like, you just... It just didn't come up. Yeah, I also don't think you have to, like, you're contractually obligated to be like, yep, so here's, like, one of 32 people I've, like, slept with, and, yeah. like, I just picked a random number right, there. Right. And then, like, here's everyone I've ever, like, made out with, <laughs> right. and we, uh, I held hands in second grade, and, <laughs> right. you know, like, I don't really think... I mean, obviously, if no one talks about their exes or, like, doesn't talk about, like, they're being weird. Yeah. It's one thing, but I don't think, like, not, I don't know. Niles is weird, so who knows about this? Right. Like, also, Niles has already, like, Daphne has seen Niles married to two different people already. Like, if if she is going to be worried about anyone it's going to be it should be the people that he's had like some sort of like well, he was. serious long-term relationship so with. she was worried about like maris at one point yeah and because like maris kept asking her to do things yeah do up uh, no Nell. no oh yeah but i thought maris also was contacting niles to do things at one point she did yeah that did happen but no, yeah. that's when he was with Mel. You're right. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then Mel was jealous, which to me actually makes more sense. Yes. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a. It's like there, there absolutely, I think, was a reason for her to be jealous when Mel was like, "Yeah, I won't sue you as long as you do this thing, and this. I won't ruin you in society as long as you do this and this, and then it makes I can make it look like I'm the one who left you." Like. I, but is it jealousy or just like I'm mad that, at you? Well, no, I mean I guess that was frustration, but there was at least a like a frequent interaction in a way that I could understand a negative feeling about her, but not like th yeah, this jealousy. It's always weird when they make Daphne jealous because the jealousy never makes sense. It's never a situation where it's like a. I think the reason jealousy enters into this picture at all is because it's supposed to show some sort of dominance and ownership over the person you're with. Mm -hmm. um, like you're supposed to be jealous. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't... M I understand of her being jealous of like this patient she thinks that one, she's never met and she starts kind of formulating the story. You know, like right. she hears that this person has a crush on her. Hold on. I wish. <laughs> a crush on Niles. Uh -huh. And she starts like making up this thing that something's gonna happen yeah but like wh why would she be i mean i might think she would be surprised that like niles was with lilith mm -hmm. but she but yeah this seems like jealousy in a way that doesn't make sense yeah like yeah. why why would you be jealous of somebody 
that eighth grade girlfriend, the only reason that would be important is if the eighth grade girlfriend suddenly is showing up all the time and yeah. it's like, let's go out to dinner every day. And right. Like, if that was the plot, like, yeah, that's the thing. If that was the plot, if Mar- Margaret Coover suddenly showed up, uh, and, or he was like, well, yeah, Margaret Coover, I told you about her. I just had lunch with her. Like, I'd be like, oh, that's weird. If she was like, you definitely didn't. Like, you had lunch with your, like, ex who's just moved back to town mm-hmm. and, like, you didn't actually tell me. Like, I get that being a thing where, like, there's at least a, a question mark there. But, like, also, but even there, like, like, if you went to lunch with your, like, ex-girlfriend from, like, high school or whatever, I'd be like, all right. Yeah, I think the, I well, what I mean is, like, if it happened and then he didn't tell her, you know. I mean, it, it would be weird if you didn't tell me beforehand, but also, that's fine. Though, I th- feel like, if anything, that would be weird because, like. I usually just talk to you about stuff like that that's going on. I would figure it'd be weird, like, you were already at a weird, like, you're at a restaurant, and you're like, oh, I ran out to get a burrito, and then, you know, Margaret was there, uh, mm-hmm. and then we had d- lunch together, mm-hmm. and, but you couldn't really tell me because it just, like, happened. Right. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. I don't know. But also, that's fine. <laughs> right. Like, that is okay. Yeah. Like, I don't think she's... You know, it'd be weird, and then she just starts calling in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? You're, like, having hushed conversations, but still in the bedroom? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah like, that would be weird. That and, would be weird. But like, then I that- find out that you guys are actually hunting vampires. <laughs> Why would I not tell you that? You would be so... Because you it. have to protect me from yeah. the vampires. Okay, you would be so excited if I was like, look... We need to be extremely careful who we tell, but vampires are real, and it turns out I hunt them. I don't. I've just. I, I want to tell if I could, if I would be upset by that or turned on. <laughs> All right. Either way, you would want to know. You'd want to know. I'm, I was like, hey, I gotta go fight some vampires. Yeah, but when you're doing it for the FBI, so you can't tell me, <laughs> or like the CIA or whatever, they're the same. I don't really even know the difference between the CIA and the FBI. They're pretty dramatically different. They're both spies. <laughs> They're not, though. They are. They're not, though. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know. All Everything right. I learned about the FBI, I learned from... From the CIA. <laughs> Weirdly, yes. <laughs> no, I learned from the X-Files. Uh-huh. And then the CIA, I guess I learned from Criminal Minds. Wait, is that FBI? No. No, no, they're they're not CIA. I thought you were going to ask if they were CIA. They're maybe I think they're FBI or okay. I don't yeah. know a crap about the CIA. The CIA or the spies. Oh, okay. FBI is like just the basically the uh, federal cops. Oh, whereas like the CIA are like international like intelligence people. They do spying and stuff on other countries. Okay, it's weird that they call it intelligence. Yes. I don't know why they call that. They're like, yeah, we're smart on this other place. <laughs> because they're it it they're gathering knowledge and then figuring out how to yeah, use so it. So does the FBI. They use that knowledge and then they do that mind thing and they connect all the dots and they're like, I got it. I got the killer. <laughs> Anyways, I'm having a lot of fun talking about this. Mm-hmm. And... I don't like this episode. No, I'm just no. going to say. Yeah. I just don't like it. I'm, I barely have any notes. Like, I have, like, a page of notes because there's nothing that happens as the episode. It's completely boring and rubbish. Well, <laughs> <laughs> nope. uh, and that's going to close the betting now. So if you, uh, if you hadn't gotten your wager in on how Diana feels about the episode, uh, you have missed your window. I thought you'd have another about half hour or so, but turns out. Okay. The window is closed. Is U- I, Udo Fritz Fritzenheim or mm-hmm. uh, is a real person, I believe. Okay. Um, which is the Niles has two tickets to go see their art. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like a Dadaist. Mm-hmm. I like how you did a little dance saying Dadaist because it's a good word. It is a good word. It's it's a, it's a dancing um, word. And then. Yeah, this is when we we already kind of talked about this, where Daphne finds out about Niles 
was with like Lilith. Mm-hmm. And also we find out, yeah, he's going to try to go to the show with Niles and like go have meet, eat, eat lunch with this artist. Right. And, but he's got to like do it before the Star Trek convention. Yeah. And like, hopefully he has enough time to do it because yeah. like it's a once in a lifetime, once in a lifetime mm-hmm. thing to go meet this great person. I definitely know everything about. <laughs> I will say, I really, I did legitimately enjoy Frasier's speech about, like, going to, uh, bringing Freddie to a Fritzenheim show, and that's when Freddie's first word was Dada. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I love, my favorite thing about it is Frasier saying that, like, Lilith deflated my enthusiasm because, by saying that he was probably just referring to me. Mm-hmm. Like, most any any dad would be so happy that like his son his son's first word was like dada like but then it's like oh it's only about me it wasn't a he's not just like a burgeoning art historian like that's which i just found that a really amusing sort mm-hmm. of characterization of fraser that he's sad that freddie wasn't just into art he was only talking about his dad yeah like, sort of like how if we had a kid and the first word they should say is probably yogger. <laughs> uh-huh. Is uh-huh. that not true? No, it's totally true. I what's, will... what's that, like, Red Sox guy, the one that everyone talks about? Which one? I don't know. There's, like, ones, people shout out the names of the one, the one from the, like, 70s. Is yes. That, what? Yes. No. Okay. No, I think it's the person that, like, messed up the thing, right? Oh, 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 uh, Buckner. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, I'm sorry. I don't want to be sports. No, it's good. I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> so Sports aren't funny. So, little side thing that, I, uh, that I'm reminded of from this is that, um, from my time taking a lot of linguistics courses in school... The reason why a lot of babies are, like, people believe that their baby's first word is, like, dada or Mm -hmm. mama is because before, when babies are, like, Mm pre-verbal and they're just, like, they're making a bunch of sounds, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they, babies learn how to speak by just making sounds with their mouth for Oh, yeah. Like, I remember our niece, and, like, I had an entire conversation with her, Mm -hmm. and she's just, like doing like gibberish but in like an intonation where it's like words right and she was like pointing at things and like talking about something like she was clearly trying to communicate something to me which i didn't know but of course i was just like yes mm -hmm, Uh mm -hmm. oh i don't know about that (laughs) but it was you know it was adorable right but the thing is by then she definitely had some words like yeah she had words that and so the thing is that like when babies start saying dada or mama mm-hmm. what they figured out is that like of the many sounds that they figured out how to make with their mouth those are sounds that people use in words right like mm-hmm. but they don't know the word dada at that point means their dad mm-hmm. that's just them making a pair of sounds that feel good with their mouth that they know match up with language that's interesting because they'll say it Anytime they'll say "mama" when their mom isn't anywhere near them, because they've figured out that's a sound that means a word, or mm-hmm. a, or those are a pair a sound that sounds like the way words work. Mm-hmm. But for linguists to define something as a word, like if for a baby to be using a word, they mm-hmm. have to like use it to refer to a specific thing. Ah, it has to be used in the same context all the time. Because mm-hmm. you know what it means. If a baby's just like saying like mama like over and over, mm-hmm. like the mom because of like maternal instincts and such, like parent mm-hmm. parental instincts, the parents tend to assume they mean you. Mm-hmm. But it's a learned behavior from society. Like like that's a thing that's babies say. But like it doesn't mean any it, like a linguist wouldn't actually call it a word, but they'll never tell the parents that. Like just because it's like Well, like, you just like, said now. Well, yeah. But what I mean is, like, in that scenario, they're, like, so my teacher, her, like, sister had a baby, and mm-hmm. she was like, what I know is that I wouldn't call that a word. I'm not going to tell her right now she's not saying that word. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
let her have it. Like, there's no reason not to let her have yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You know, but also, she's not actually saying that. Yeah, you know? that's really interesting, mm-hmm. actually. But, like, um, we knew, going back to our, our, our niece, when she started, when she wanted goldfish, she, she just was saying, like, sissies, like, sissies. <laughs> it was, like, that kind of a mm-hmm. thing where it's, like, clearly she knows that word as she's saying it, refers to goldfish. When she says that, she wants that thing. So that's a word. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. she said that because she wants goldfish. I just remember she, like, picked up a diaper and, like, brought it to, like, her dad. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'd like this change now, <laughs> yeah. please. Yes. Yeah. I'm letting you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm like, what a smart baby. <laughs> it's a smart baby. It sure is. Anyway, that's all. Like, this thing about the dot just made me remi- just reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Okay, here we are moving on. Mm-hmm. So we find out Fraser did go to that show mm-hmm. because here he is in the hallway talking to Noel mm-hmm. about how when he ended up at the convention, Scott Bakula was gone. Yeah. Everyone had laughed. Mm-hmm. And it whoops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing is, you got to. Yeah, if you want to do a thing at a convention, you gotta you gotta you check gotta get schedule. there. You gotta get there early. You gotta get there early. And I think also you have to like now. I believe that you might have to pay to get signings from some people. Some people, yeah. So you, it kind of like you, you're less obligated. You know, like you have to be there. But I wonder if that holds a place in line for you. Then I don't know how that um, works. I think it depends. I think if like, well, the thing is like. It could hold a place in line for you if you want, but like they're not going to wait for, for you. For you, yeah. You know, if you, if you, even if you had to wait, buy ahead of time. Does everyone that pays for it like guaranteed an autograph? I think if it's a thing where like you're paying even just to get to the, like into the line mm-hmm. or whatever, then they're going to keep the line until you're done oh, okay. doing it. They probably like they have a certain stop. amount. Yeah. They might like sell out. Okay, yeah. got it. But that's oh. why I know a lot of times they'll have limits where it's like you get to sign one thing or, you know, like like I, you can't take pictures with people and right. do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Fraser does this thing that I don't like where he's talking to Noel about how he needs to wean himself off science fiction. Yeah. That's and then crap. it's just a TV show. And yeah. well this is an interesting thing because a lot of people identify with the things they like. It mm-hmm. is part of their identity. Yeah. Like people that really like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. that can be part of their identity. Mm-hmm. Or people that really like vampires. Right. Like that can be part of their identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, or any anything, right? You know, yeah. like anything that you're really into can become part of your identity. And I think for Noel, liking Star Trek Mm -hmm. is part of his identity. So it's not just a stupid TV show to him. It's a part of him. Mm -hmm. And I... Maybe what you say is, like, you're taking this too seriously. Yeah. uh, And you, you... but if it's not interfering with your life, which it seems like maybe it is it for Noel. It probably is, but... But I don't know. Like, I just don't like this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, especially because it's like, like, in this particular situation... Fraser messed up. Fraser's the one that messed up. And now he's... Bl- it's like he's blaming Noel. Yeah. It's like, hey, we had a deal. I was going to help you with a thing. You were going to help me with a thing. Like, literally, I'm just asking you to go to a thing and do... Like, the time and, like... In, like impact involved in Noel teaching him to give this speech in in Hebrew is way beyond going to this convention and like getting a thing signed. Well, it depends how long he's at the convention and waiting in line. Sure, but I think we already talked about how hard it would be to learn Mm -hmm. a speech well enough to like memorize it in Hebrew. So I feel like this is gonna, that's gonna... I mean, he reads it off a thing, but still. Yeah, but he still has to like Know how to say know it. Know how to say it and, like, practice it in a way that that makes, like, mm-hmm. that actually makes sense. Where mm-hmm. like, the pronunciation is correct. That's going to take probably far more time for Noel than get, than it would have been to get this this uh, autograph, even if there's a really long line. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he just doesn't do it because he wanted to go to this other thing after he had already promised, Frazier screwed up way more. 
But also, what's up with this next section with Roz and Eddie? Oh, that part. I th- I thought I was gonna say okay. this before that even happens. The thing with Noel in the like hallway, just like muttering to himself, like "You'll see me tomorrow, and you'll pay, you'll pay." And then the Kenny walks by. He's like, "Oh, hi, ha." Huh. I'm like, "See, this is what I've been saying. Noel is like." scary on the dl in a way that like this is the first time we're seeing it but like same (laughs) but this is what i've been saying about noel's behavior this entire time is that like it seems to be hiding some like really actually menacing stuff that well yeah because it's always the person you least suspect it to be Mm -hmm. except now i suspect this person we've suspected him the whole time right i mean in general this version of like Noel, the Noel we've been Mm -hmm. seeing uh, yeah that's what i mean is like today if i meet this well it doesn't matter because guess what he gets a wig he does he does yeah and i don't know why they don't put it on eddie (laughs) um i know why they don't put it on eddie if it really is this like wig from so yeah fraser's gone off to the bar mitzvah and noel comes by to the studio and roz has a present Eddie's, Eddie's there. Eddie's there using the controls. Apparently, she's trained him to hit the talk button. Like, because she just says, like, hit the talk button, and he just does, and she starts. Re- I don't know if it's. Re- is she just hanging out in there? I think she's, like, doing promos, right? Well, because she says, like, like, um. Oh, what did she say? Uh. I thought it said, like, now back to the Fraser Crane show or something. Yeah, and you're listening to the best of Crane on KCL. We'll be back after these messages. Except the fact that she says hit the talk button tells me she's not recording. She's just talking, which implies that she's Why just... would she even need to be there? She shouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. Anyways, so Fraser has a gift. He is, feels bad that he didn't get Scott Bakula's autograph, and so he's given this gift, and it's a wig that Joan Collins wore in, with a certificate of authenticity, the one that she wore in in uh, City on the Edge of Forever, which is a real, like, episode of the original Star Trek. It's kind of a big, like, it's a pretty famous episode, and, and, and like, he has this nice note apologizing, saying what it is, and it's like, this is pretty incredible of it, like to get like real mm-hmm. like a real prop from mm-hmm. an actual episode of the original series mm-hmm. that's well beyond I mean, if you're into Star Trek, it's probably well beyond getting Scott Bakula's autograph. Mm-hmm. For me, I want Scott Bakula's autograph. We share a birthday. Uh we, you know, I wanna hang out on it. We should have a birthday party. Scott, if you're listening, you know when your birthday is. If you wanna come hang out in Boston or fly me out where you are. I'll let's do a birthday party together. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Anyway, but like, getting Scott back in his autograph would be nice. But like, you're gonna have another chance. There was one of this wig, you know. So like, it's pretty incredible of a gift. Hmm. So yeah. And it shows like, despite all the like kind of jerky stuff Fraser said, he does a nice. This thing. is one like, of the nicest things Fraser has ever done. Yeah. In ten seasons. Yeah. It sucks that he does it for Noel. It is true. But <laughs> Noel, Noel's already messed up because it gave him the whole spleech. spleech. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gave him the whole spleech and Klingon. <laughs> yep, yep. Which means, like, that's a pretty brief amount of time where he had to have taken what he intended to give him and given it to him in Klingon instead and then again trained him to speak it. Yeah. That's not going to be easy. That had to take I mean, we're just assuming he just translated it and just gave it to him. He didn't teach him how to say it. But you would have to. This is such a very... Because, especially because, as we're going to see, when Fraser gives it, he is speaking in a style and voice and cadence that is like somebody who's heard a Klingon speak is... Was he on that show? Yes. I think he did appear on Star Trek, actually. Let me check. I'm, like, pretty sure he did at some point. I just made that up, but... Yeah, he did. He... Let's see. Yeah, he was in... Um, he was Captain Morgan Bateson in Star Trek Next Generation's fifth season episode, Cause and Effect. Um... Um... <laughs> uh-huh. Um... Wait. Wait. Okay. Wait a minute. Hold on. The fact that Kelsey Grammer was on Star Trek... 
Uh-huh. And Star Trek exists in this universe. Uh-huh. Means that Noel has seen Kelsey Grammer. Uh-huh. So, Fraser <laughs> Crane actually got an acting gig as a captain on Star Trek? No. Kelsey Grammer exists in this universe. But he... But... Fraser Crane didn't play this captain. Kelsey Grammer pr- played this captain. That means Kelsey Grammer exists in the world that Fraser lives in. Okay, you have to put <laughs> you have to put a sound effect of an explosion because that's my mind being blown right now. Yeah, yeah, like he has to. He has to exist because Noel has like. Because no one watches Star Trek, and, and and Kelsey Grammer was in Star Trek, that means Kelsey Grammer exists in this world. I okay. <laughs> as much as I dislike this episode, uh huh. I love this episode of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is that is wild. Like that is so. I love that Noel tries to call him, which yeah, you can't one. Ellen- how, why do you not have your phone silenced in the bar mitzvah? You yeah. would. You would, yes. But also, did you notice Noel's phone? Nope. It's like, it's a Star Trek tricorder. Oh my god, amazing! That's attention to detail. Yep. Love it. Yep, yep. Um, or is it, wait, is it a tricorder? It's a, it's a, I think it's a tricorder. Yeah, it's the, it's the, uh. Do you need to look it up? What it's called? Or communicate? It's a communicator of some kind. <sighs> Are you still looking things up? Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. Cause, so okay, so yeah, it's definitely a Star Trek communicator of some kind. But like, it's I'm I, I'm not sure which one. Because if you specifically look up Star Trek communicator, you get the one from the original series, and it's not that. But it's definitely some kind of like communicator thing from Star Trek. I don't know. I can't actually find. I know it's some. I know it's a thing from Star Trek, but I can't find the specific thing that it is. It's not a normal. It's not just a normal cell phone. All right. Good detail, regardless of what it is. Uh, yeah. It's a banana. <laughs> it's a banana. <laughs> okay, now we're at Star Mitzvah, mm-hmm. where Fraser gets the call that interrupts, and he doesn't answer because he's, he's in the, the middle of the thing. Yeah. yeah. And then, so. Freddy seems embarrassed by everything because everyone's looking at him and he's 13 years old. Yeah. And everything is embarrassing. His mom's being very, like, like, she's, Lilith is actually getting legitimately emotional, but also saying things that, like, no 13-year-old wants their mom to say about them in front of people that he knows. I guess. I do think it's, like, was weird, the thing about his middle name being Gaylord and it's like it must have been on cheers i guess it just you don't normally hear cheap jokes on fraser that are would basically be like what the joke is meant to be about isn't that a joke in that something about mary something or uh, no 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 it's that other one meet the parents um it was some ben stiller comedy yeah, yeah. and yeah. i remember that was the thing you saw in the like movie trailer a thousand and one times on tv was I think it, it was gaylord meet, yeah oh was it meet the fockers it was fuck yeah it was the fockers yeah mm-hmm. yeah but I, yeah i just mean specifically that it's gaylord that's what it was in that movie. Oh, okay. And that was like the joke. And it was oh, just okay. like, all yeah. right, all right. Do you think people make fun of the hotel or just like out there like 13-year-old boys like, Some- hey, 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 hey. Someone <laughs> does. Like, it's a hotel where they have a video game convention. Like, someone at that hotel has made jokes just about that. Just get over yourself. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. Anyways. But, but still, like, there's definitely parts that like, would be embarrassing if you're 13 and having your mom say like talk your about parents are embarrassing well, when you're sure. 13 like just don't even be around me you're dumb mm-hmm. mom <laughs> <laughs> i do like that this like that lilith's really emotional speech gets martin really emotional about niles like, oh yeah 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 it's funny because it's like you never see that mm-hmm. so i do like that that does end up happening but anyway then 
Uh, Fraser goes up there. Yeah, gives deliv- his- delivers a mad Klingon speech. Yeah, like yeah. just right on. Mm-hmm. Good job. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah, and I love that we see the nerdy kid uh-huh. is just like obviously knows. Yeah, yeah, like this is the setup from the very beginning. Right, right. That's you're why just like that nerdy guy's gonna know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, that's the thing. Like. Because I didn't guess what was going to happen, it's like, I didn't connect it, but it's like, I thought that was done well. The fact that they tied it together, that they, they set the seed in the, uh, they put, you know, planted the seed in the first scene of Jeremy Baramy being the nerdy kid, and then he showed, like, at the end, at the end, when Frazier is giving the speech in Klingon, he's the one that you see perk up and, like, understands it, Mm -hmm. and so, like, I I thought that was done pretty well. I like how they did that. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, like most people think he just was saying a bunch of gibberish that didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's weird because like he know the rabbi seems to know what Klingon is after it's explained that it's Klingon. He's like because yeah. he says the thing about outer space, so he yeah. obviously must know. I mean, Star Trek's at this point uh, had been around like forty years and. Uh, you know, and Klingons were part of it from like the beginning, mm-hmm. so it's easy to like hear someone say it's Klingon and be like, "Oh, okay, I I recognize the word Klingon." But I I like the interaction between Freddie and Jeremy and how they have the like he reads the thing and which all I can think of is he looks at the piece of paper where it's obviously just written in English. Right, yeah. And he's just reading it. Yeah, because he's supposed to be translating it, but it's like, that's translated too easily to just be like... But also, like, good for that kid to, like, know Klingon so well. Uh Uh-huh. Like, that's crazy. But he... I I also like he's like, it's much more beautiful in the original Klingon. (laughs) But I like... Which is great because it's originally English Mm -hmm. and then translated into Klingon. Which, like, means Noel did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote a beautiful speech in Klingon. Yeah. And (laughs) I love that his... Like, Freddie seems like, oh, that is really nice that my dad did that. Like, Mm -hmm. he really appreciates the thing and sentiment that, Mm -hmm. like, Fraser meant. Yeah. And, like, he actually even thinks it's kind of cool that he did it in Klingon, even. Right. And so it ends up, I don't know, it is just a good ending. Yeah. It's just, like, a good thing happens, and, like, there's a silly mishaps, just mm-hmm. like any Frasier episode, and, right. like, it's amusing. Yeah. There's just not a lot to this episode. Yeah. Not enough Martin, for and sure. Not enough, yeah. I, I, actually, uh, you know, it's funny, I said Star Trek had been around 40 years, or what mm-hmm. I realized, it had been around 36 years, and the reason I can say that is because... This was six years after the Frasier Star Trek crossover thing mm-hmm. for the 30th anniversary of Star Trek, so which was 1996. So that's yeah. the, the Frasier Star Trek crossover. Yeah, there was that 30. There was that 30th anniversary Star Trek like special, and the the cast of Frasier was on it playing like Star Trek characters. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was like, we watched this together. I knew. Oh I knew you'd yeah. See it. So that was 1996, so this was six years after that, which I realized, like, that must have happened because Kelsey Grammer was on the show the one time, because that was in 95. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Anyway. This um, universe is weird. (laughs) It is weird. And then we have, like, the flash photos we talked about earlier is how it ends the scene. But I do like, like, do you know how hard it is to, like, close one eye like that and do that? Like, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Like Lilith, th- don't you think that's hard? Just to close, close o- just one eye. Well, fine, I can't close <laughs> one eye. Mm-hmm. I have to put it like a. You wake like Rihanna. On. It's great. It's fine. What? If you look, if you just own it, it's fine. You can make it work. You just gotta. Yeah, I just own that. I can't wink. It's <laughs> awful. I can also not take photos. Don't look at me, because I can't look at you. Because I have to close both my eyes to wink. Hmm. One thing that I thought was a good touch on these photos that they have on, at the end was that they're clearly supposed to be, like, burned. Mm-hmm. It, it's like the flash burned the photo itself because, like, the the edges are, like, melted in. Oh, oh. Except the weird thing with that, it's like, that's a cool touch except for the fact that it's only melted on the part where the image is. Mm-hmm. So, But they have a, there's a white 
matted like border, mm-hmm. which makes it like if that was part of the photo, that would have also been melted. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't have melted away the image and left. The- this is when digital cameras took over, and no one had didn't they didn't know how yeah. regular film worked at this point. Pretty much, yeah. That's why I'm saying like they're not real mm-hmm. things. They're like stills that they made black and white. They're not well, real they're photographs. Not black and white. They're not? No, it's just taken with a very bright flash, so everyone looks very washed out, but it's not black and white. Can you get color? I guess you can. I wonder what speed film he used. (laughs) I have no idea. No idea. But I I just, whatever it was, they clearly took an actual, like, still photograph, because they're not from the angles of where the cam, like the the show's cameras are. Oh. They're from where Martin would have been standing with the camera. Well, I don't know, but the burned effect thing isn't something that camera did. Then it's something that would have added post. Right. So, so what that's I mean, what like, I'm saying. Like, I think they're f- like done with a digital camera, yeah, yeah, digitally yeah. Right. done. Right. So I don't really think this is a real film camera that took the- these photos. But the photos were taken in the positions, at least, that they were when these things happened. Like, they correspond with what people were really doing. Look, they got Freddie's name right, and they did angles correctly for their stills. Mm -hmm. So, that's all. That's all, folks. (laughs) Yes. Uh, All right. Anything else you wanted to say on this? No. Okay. Uh, So, the only name drink in this episode was some sherry. No callers. The only new person we had in the studio was Eddie. Me. You. (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what's a good word? No, none more. Well, I guess I could have done Klingon. <laughs> uh-huh. You could have. All right, so I guess let's rate the episode. Two Scott Baculas. <laughs> okay. I gave it three. Three Margaret Coovers. That is, like, way generous. I know. I think this episode is fine. Like, I know what's you... That, do- what's the IMDb... The IMDb rating, I think you'll be surprised to learn, the IMDb rating is an 8.3. This is a pretty highly rated episode. I'm sorry. No one can see my reaction, but I'm just appalled. (laughs) I Come on. I expect better than you. I know we were all disappointed last season, and we're still allowed to be disappointed because these last two episodes were trash. Come at me. That's the thing. I feel like this episode is better than most of last season. I don't think it's great, but... I can't remember. I just... I can't remember anymore. We're just (laughs) close to the end. I just... just, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but like that's the thing. I think this isn't a great example, and and also it's got a lot of null stuff that I don't like. It does have Fraser being pretty mean. Like it's got negatives, but it's got things that I do like about it also. So it's just like, eh, it's a three, I guess. There's nothing happens in this episode. Like nothing, nothing happens, happens in a lot of episodes. No, but like amusing things happen. Nothing happens in this one. Like they don't even go to Cafe Novosa. Like what's the point? <laughs> There's no, not, no one's in an elevator, no one's in a car, no one's in Cafe Nervosa, no callers, not enough drinks for sure. Uh-huh. Fair. No, uh, You know, where, where are Roz and Daphne kissing in the background? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because we need to make Niles jealous. And also, they need to move on to their new show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's moon. true. It's true. So, prior to this... All of the Sam Johnson episodes were with Chris Marcel, and combined, they had a 3.5. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we just don't have any with him on his own yet, but that's what that is. Does he get part of that score? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I guess that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is like, that's the best we can do is say, like, that's his score. Mm-hmm. The score for episodes Sam Johnson wrote mm-hmm. is a 3.5. Mm-hmm. And then maybe he wrote all the episodes we really liked. Like maybe he gave eighty percent of those episodes. We'll never know. We'll never know. It's true. So that brings us to the part of the episode called "We're Listening," where we respond to messages you send us on Twitter at Fraser Podcast and by email at FraserPod at gmail dot com. I want to just add an aside. Yes, is that I've been wearing a lot of glitter lately, and now it's everywhere in the apartment. And I'm sitting across the room from Dave, and he has some glitter like right above his lip. And I just like see the sparkle whenever he <laughs> turns his head a certain way, and I'm just highly amused. Anyways, you're welcome for that image. <laughs> Wonderful. Anyway, so we got a tweet from Sean Holland uh, that I know that you saw, but mm-hmm. it's uh, 
I love the idea of Frazier watching the whole watching a whole season of Seahawks games for a prank. They lost nine games in 2002, so it might have worked. How many games are there in a season? Sixteen. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It would have if they were if he was going to do this prank. It sounds like 2002 was a good time to do when it. When did the It miniseries come out? In the 80s, right? It was late 80s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know. Because Red well, Balloons. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, it was well after... Yeah. This was well after that happened. Um, all right, anything else you wanted to say on this episode? No. All right. I mean, no. I guess I'm done. You're done? done? I'm done. Done just talking. Okay. Well, in that case, with that, this has been episode 1006, Star Mitzvah, and this is TJIF Arcade wishing you all good mental health. Don't forget to look behind things. Toss Salads and Scrambled Eggs is a production of TGIF Arcade. For more info about the show, find us at Fraser Podcast on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. You can also write to us at FraserPod at gmail.com. Diana is at Sweet Lime on Twitter, and I'm Slow Motion Walter just about everywhere on the internet. If you like the show and want to help us do more, you could consider making a small monthly donation at patreon.com slash TGIF Arcade. Thanks for listening. Good night!